with the first pick in the DA draft. Welcome to With the First Pick Podcast. We are here again. The team is here. We are joined by two special guests, two friends of the pod. Bobby Scott, our official Clipper Nation representative. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing okay, but I'm doing better. <laughs> Welcome, Bobby. <laughs> and just because Bobby's here and we had a Clipper fan, we decided to bring another Laker fan to help us kick him while he's down. We have PJ Tobian, who's up, uh, number one in our pools for the playoff here for the pod. How are you doing, PJ? I'm doing really good. It's a good day in LA for sure. <laughs> Danny, that's like we not, won a championship. <laughs> Danny, that's not fair to go three on one here. I'm not sure hey, who's happier, hey. Denver Nuggets fans or Laker fans about this <laughs> hey, win yesterday. Uh, it's 3-1, and the Clippers are not great at 3-1. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like our odds at 3-1, Taylor. So... Thank you, Bobby, for being here. We, we know uh, it's, it's not easy, but hey, a lot, of, a lot of Clipper fans are in hiding, but we appreciate you being here tonight. The rundown for <laughs> Yeah, the tonight. 10 fans are in hiding, Danny. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they got two at Bobby's church, at least. <laughs> two pastors. <laughs> so, uh, wow. We're eating off to a rough start. We'll be nicer, I promise, Bobby. Our rundown for tonight, fellas, we're going to react to game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to talk about Game 7. Uh, we're going to give Bobby a little bit of time to kind of recover, get himself together before we do that. And then we will preview their Western Conference Finals between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Denver Nuggets. So let's jump right in. Uh, the Eastern Conference Game 1 was yesterday. It went into overtime between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. The Miami Heat was able to pull out a win, 117-114. What was your guys' thoughts on this series so far? It was a super fun game one, Danny. Uh, we're hoping that we get five or six more games just like that. I felt like the Celtics at points looked amazing, especially the way they started out and even the way they started out the second half. And then obviously the Heat, they closed really well. They had a good overtime. They had some good play from you know Butler and Hero, Dragic, some of these guys. And it was a blast. It was really fun. So I thought it was a great, great way to start the, the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, we had two great teams, two similar teams, um, two defensive-minded teams, and have some their offense is clicking. Uh, I think it's going to be a close series throughout, right? I mean, Boston did have some advantages advantages in the game. They came out to an early lead, and they had a good lead at the end of the third quarter. So hopefully they can bounce back. They had a bad Kemba Walker game, and likely he's going to have a better game. Goring Dragic just torched them, and I think – what I said at the last podcast, I need to have Marcus Smart guarding him in the beginning of the game. They could have him end on Jimmy Butler, but for just majority of the game, they need to just stop uh, and try to stop Gordon Dragic because he's like he's like the engine that kind of gets that team going. But props to Miami, they have versatility and they get contribution from other guys. Like Duncan Robinson got three quick fouls, but Tyler Hero came in and he had some big shots, made some big plays. You said it's a big Dragic game. Jimmy Butler came and closed it out on that bam block. Hopefully, it's going to be another close game, and um, we'll see if Boston can, can get the next one because, I mean, Tatum can be better, but they might get some help as well because Gordon Hayward can be back probably in game three, but he's doubtful for game two. Yeah, I think you have two, two super well-coached teams, and uh, I think the series is going to be fun to watch all the, the adjustments. Um, and Miami is just playing out of their minds right now. They just, just heated up at the perfect time. So looking forward to the series. Game one should be a good indicator the rest of the series should look like. And the Heat really haven't been challenged either. They've gone up 3-0 in both series. 
So if the Celtics really want to challenge him and give him a little bit of adversity, it'd be nice to get that second game. Because um, if the Heat go up 2-0, they're going to be in a really comfortable spot, and they've been there, and the Celtics might be in a little bit of trouble. Boston doesn't have the flexibility like Miami to like have their star players have bad games, right? Miami, if someone's one of their guys is having a bad game, they have depth that they can put these other guys like Iguodala, like we said, Tyler Hero, guys who can come in. But if like Tatum or Brown are struggling, they don't really have bench guys that can contribute to the extent that Miami guys can. I mean, you just talked about Kemba having a bad game and they were one shot away from Tatum and, and doing well. I think they just have to continue to play good defense and, and do some of the things they've done. But I mean, like the Heat, they look stagnant at times too, especially the way the Celtics switch. Uh, and they have so many good, solid defenders like Brown, like Smart. I think that as long as they can not go, like not make any baskets or Tatum can't go like 0 for 7, 0 for 8 to end the game, I think they'll be in, in better shape. I agree with Bobby. I think that Heat is locked in. I agree with you, Taylor, um, in the sense that on offense, they did look stagnant at the time, but I think where the Heat was phenomenal was on D. They were throwing out different looks out there. They were doing switch defense. They were running zones. And I think in many ways, that's what got them back into the game. They were down 12 in the four, in the fourth quarter. I think that's what helped them kind of catch up and take the lead. Jimmy, again, not dropping huge points, but when the big buckets kind of mattered, that's when he came through. He hit that big three. One of the guys that Jose and I talked about in depth in terms of his impact in this series is Goran Dragic, and he really showed up. But there's a lot of guys, like you said, on the Celtics. Tatum is, is taking that next step forward. You have guys like Marcus Smart who are hitting big shots and flopping everywhere, <laughs> getting those late-minute calls. They're when like, did he discover his three-point shot? I know. He's just every three he puts up. It's almost like going in. Before yeah. the bubble. Yeah, he worked on his game. And I don't know. What, what were your guys' thoughts on seeing that BAM block? Man, just incredible. Is it Was it better than LeBron's block in no. Game 7? No. No, right? No. 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 Not no. in terms of impact. I mean, they won the, I mean, they won in the game. I mean, LeBron, they still had to defend. But and, what I uh, will give him credit for was uh, LeBron's block was sort of from the side and behind. This was like straight up yeah. just... <laughs> One-on-one. It, 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 may be awesome. better, it may be better than Kawhi's block. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was super cool that he controlled the rebound, too. Yeah. 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 yeah he didn't absolutely. foul him. Like, he just – it was awesome. The replay was, like, it was impressive. It's one of the – I mean, it hey. definitely has to be a top two or three block. Yeah. I heard that's his offhand, too. That's not his strong hand. <laughs> I mean, if I was blocking shots, I could block with my right hands. You could block with your offhand, right? Like, when someone's clocking like, the ball like that, ready to dunk I've never blocked shots before, so I don't, I don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so. What do I know? Maybe it helps him like to not foul like doing that. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm the only one who predicted the Celtics. So them losing game one, not a surprise considering I went 0 for 4 last round. PJ, you're in first place in our pool. Do you think the Celtics have a chance or do you think the Heat are just going to take this game one and roll? Okay, so I, I did make a prediction before. Um, you asked me earlier what my prediction would be. I think, I think I'd go with the Heat in seven. But I, I have the advantage of them winning game one. I think that the Heat, you, you, you brought up a point earlier, even before the recording, about the Heat on the road. And um, for whatever reason, like looking here, I'm looking at their home stats versus their away. When their home record, they're elite, like <laughs> top two. Their away record is like the bottom, you know, like seven or eight. So they're really terrible on the road. And I think because there's no crowd, the Heat have an advantage there for whatever reason. Like Toronto was elite on the on the road and at home. I feel like if it was actually going to Toronto, I think the Raptors would have won. But because because of that, I, yeah. So I think the Heat have an advantage here. I think they're more mentally tough. 
than uh, Boston's previous. I, I, I just think that, that they're more mentally tough. Yeah. I, I'm going to give it to the Heat on this one. Yeah, I had I had Heat in seven as well, and I'm not changing. Bobby, what do you <laughs> oh, you're not changing, Danny, after changing, they Danny. won? Yeah, oh, you're not changing <laughs> after they won? Wow. Hey, I could so have said bold. six. I could what say six. Bold. I could say five. <laughs> Bobby, I, what, what's your prediction? Yeah, I'd still say the Celtics in seven. Um, just there we go. I love to see the Celtics and the Lakers, so I don't know. Ooh. And you'd like for us to lose, huh, Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, if the Celtics and Lakers went, you'd go for the Celtics? Would you be cheering for the Celtics? I'm not a Laker hater, so I'd probably root for the Lakers. Oh, that's okay. great, Bobby. All right, I'll take it We have a reasonable Clipper fan. That's good. That's how I feel. I'm not a Laker hater either. I wasn't a Clipper hater until, until Kawhi <laughs> and Paul George did what they did. <laughs> that, that's when it turned to, you know, I'm, now I'm hating. <laughs> I think Chris Paul became... Well, Jose, you had you had the heat in six. Are you still sticking with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're all good yeah. to go. Yeah, all Danny. Right, so after they like won it. the game, after the team you pick wins, usually hey, you, you, stick can, with you can go. You can go predict five. five games. Yeah, you can go sweep. You know. So it looks like it's going to be a good series. Now let's jump into our reactions to Game Seven, the L.A. Clippers and the Denver Nuggets. Before I get your reactions, I'm just going to riddle out a bunch of facts and stuff about this game okay here we go here we go <laughs> so oh, nuggets man. won the game 104 to 89 by 15 points murray scored 40 points Jokic had a triple double ouch <laughs> denver became the first team in nba history to rally from 3-1 deficits twice in the same postseason the nuggets found themselves down by 12 in the first half they trailed 61 to 54 with 10.50 left in the third. That's when they went on a roll. They went on from that point to have a 35-13 run. They built a 15-point lead in the fourth quarter, and they led by as many as 20. Murray had 40 points, like I said. Hawaii, PG, Beverly, Morris combined for 42 points. Together, PG was negative 20 on the court. Kawhi was negative 21 in terms of rating. They were 10 out of 38 from the field, 4 out of 18 from 3. Dang, that's, too much, that's too much, That's too much, Daddy. That's too much, Daddy. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet, Jose. And they both scored zero in the fourth points. That's zero points. It's 50 years now that the Clippers have not been past the second round. Seems like they could only get out of the first. The next team besides them is the Charlotte Hornets at 30 years. So Clippers got a 20-year lead here. Doc Rivers became... The only coach in history to lose three times, being ahead 3-1 with the Magic 2015 Clippers. And now this one, Doc has eight Game 7 losses. That's most all-time. All other coaches have five. Are we losing all of our Clippers? <laughs> Last that here before we go to Bobby. Clippers blew an 18-point lead in Game 4 and were able to get out a win in the last minutes of the fourth. But they blew a 16-point lead in Game 5, a 19-point lead in Game 6, and a 12-point lead in game seven those are some stats there that's some consistency right there <laughs> for sure all right so bobby i just want to get your thoughts what was your you, what were you thinking going into this matchup we know we know that that the, the clipper curse what was your thoughts going into the matchup as you're watching the game after what are some takeaways for you uh going into the matchup uh i liked it i mean i thought that uh getting Kawhi would uh really make them tough down the stretch, and especially if it even went to game seven. I just thought that you know, he was the antidote to the Clippers curse, so to speak. So 
pretty optimistic going in. But as the series started, even with the 3-1, I, I was pretty concerned about the matchups. I mean, the, the, the Clippers were just outsized by the Joker. It, it was, they had not, no remedy at all for that. Even being a 3-1, it could have been 2-2 or 3-1 the other way. I mean, some of those games were just going back and forth. So I was concerned. But, uh, like, again, I, again, I thought having Kawhi would uh, give them a little more grit to get through a tough game. When did you when did you start kind of getting worried? Like, oh man, this could not go our way. I think uh, the comeback in Game Six. I was I was uh, watching that one, and I thought for a defensive minded team that they what they what you have to do for a defensive minded team is you have to be really well conditioned, and it started showing having three guys come into the bubble late and have to wait with a Lou or Montrez or Patrick Beverly. I thought the fatigue really showed at the end of game six. And then, you know, I think sometimes, you know, leaving shots short on the offensive side, it shows too, but you just can't switch and recover against an elite team who can swing the ball and have a passing center like the Joker when with fatigue is a big issue. And I, I just, so I was concerned at the end of game six. Now going into game seven, were you confident? Yeah. What, was your, what was your confidence level? I just, my confidence level was pretty high. I just thought, I mean, I, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't mail it in, but I, I thought I really was stunned by Kawhi's performance. When, I mean, just stunned. It was Kawhi, right? Like, it, Paul George's performance is just like, that's Paul George. Yeah. That's way off. That's way off. You know, so. Pandemic P. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. Kawhi's performance was surprising. It was. D- during the game, though, is it, were you tense the whole game? or I wasn't. Tense, um, you know, Denver started making that push in the third. I, I just thought Doc was just getting really, really outcoached. I, um, and then I thought the players really got frazzled. The fact that they didn't play together as, as that unit for much of the season, they really started to get frazzled, and it was pretty obvious. And I'm waiting for timeouts, adjustments, getting some easy sets to work out of, and uh didn't happen. So I was really – actually left before the game was over. <laughs> Classic Clipper fan. <laughs> this movie before. I was out. So let me ask you that. After the game, you know, what's what's the what's the mindset right now? What are the sentiments coming out of Clipper Nation? You know, we're we're not following Clippers closely, but you know, what's it like right now for y'all? What's the sentiment? I, I think they really sold their future away, so I'm a little concerned about that. But 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 I think this is just a new era for the Clippers. I mean Having Steve Ballmer is just a culture changer. So I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I don't think there's going to be anything close to a dynasty in the NBA because of how tight the West is. So I think everybody's going to be just struggling to, to, to get a good seed in the playoffs. But I think the Clippers will be in there. I think they have some good players. I love the management. I love the owner. He's committed to winning. So I don't think they're going to tank again like the Clippers of old. Do you think they need a new coach? Or do you think Doc's cool to bring him back? Or Ooh, are you thinking, hey, go. you got Ty Lue, go. Sam Cassell, these are big names that other teams might, might poach. Do you want to just, like, bring on one of those or start fresh? Or yeah. should we stick with Doc? I can't believe I'm going to say this. I love Doc. I love Doc. But I think Steve Ballmer's invested to have a team that can compete for NBA championship. And I just – I think Doc is not that guy anymore, for this team at least. So, I mean, losing the way they did, 3-1, and having a double-digit lead, and all three of those last three games was 
that's just – I think you got to move on. And I think he lost the team. I just think watching them, there was something else going on besides fatigue, and I think he kind of lost – He didn't, at least the team didn't follow his leadership, and so I thought that was concerned. So I think uh, Ty Lue could be a really good option. I don't think they got to go outside of uh, the coaches they have. Do you guys think that um... – whether it was Denver winning this, winning this, winning this game or winning this series, like you have to give him credit for coming back from three one. But I really like. Are we in agreement that the Clippers choked? Like it was a choke job. Like it wasn't like Denver was just a better team. Like the Clippers choked. Do you guys agree with that? I agree with that hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Most people think that. Yeah, okay. yeah, but I, I mean, that's. I mean, you never know. Like maybe the the Nuggets just dug deep, right? Yeah, but, but, but it oh, feels no, like no, 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 no! Stop it! Stop it! Even the shots they missed. No, they, they did not right? dig deep. I mean, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the Nuggets, the Nuggets, they like they really like they got. No, really, it, yeah. yeah look, not, take away nothing from the Nuggets, but the Clippers choked. Come on. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So I mean, like Kawhi, you know, Game Seven, he just went. He had zero. He had two points. Zero. In the second no. half. Second he half. went one for 11 in the second yeah, half. Yeah, one for 11. Yeah. He had two points in the second half. It was in the third quarter. I mean, if Kawhi went for 30, so I was just looking this up because, you know, people are comparing it to Kobe. Uh, when Kobe went six for 24 against the clip against the Celtics in 2010, Kobe went for six for 24, but in the fourth quarter, he had 23 points. He had 10 in the fourth. He shot eight free throws, and then he had one bucket. So, and then he got he grabbed 15 boards. Yeah, he got to so the he, line. Yeah. He, so, like, even, even though he shot even worse than Kawhi, he did things to make sure that they won. He wasn't the best player that night for the Lakers. You know, maybe Ron Artest was for that game seven night. But, <laughs> but he, he did things in the fourth. He didn't choke. You know what I mean? I think if Kawhi dominated, I, I looked up one other stat on Kobe again. Kobe in 2012, when the Thunder beat them four to one. I don't know if you guys remember game five, but Kobe went off. He, he, yeah, he yeah. scored 42 points and they went out in flames, but he just was not going to go down without swinging. And uh, just to see Kawhi go out like that, I mean, you knew PG was going to do things. That, that side, that, you know, three, three from the corner hit the backboard. That was embarrassing. But in one sense, it wasn't even surprising. Like, Danny, did you laugh out loud? I've, do, I've done that I was, from the I, corner. I called Come PJ. on, we've all done I, no, that no, before. No. I called PJ, yeah, but- and me and PJ <laughs> just answered the phone, didn't say a word, and we were just laughing. It, 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 it wasn't <laughs> like, surprising. Wide open. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. surprising wide because open. if you saw all the shots that they were missing, it was everything was short. Look, Lou Williams missed the layup. Jermichael Green had a dunk. That he that just went out. like all these shots were just like but that Jose and that was missed, that was already with five minutes like left in the fourth when Jamichael made that dunk missed it and he missed it no baskets yeah yeah I gotta defend uh, Kawhi I don't, I don't I don't think some of this is fair I I mean when you look at the series and I don't have the stats in front of you guys can fact check me but <clears throat> they're bad the stats are bad I have them <laughs> Kawhi led the Clippers in almost every meaningful stat scoring rebounding assists probably steals too and when you watched him play um the way they had to recover on defense uh switching everything i mean that's really tough and then carry the team in every conceivable category i thought Kawhi worked like really hard and it's i just thought fatigue and hit the, the kinesiologist in me is going to come out uh, <laughs> i mean playing denver i mean those cats playing in that high altitude they're super fit and I just think for an elite... Oh, you're talking about Jokic being super fit <laughs> out here. <laughs> I mean, Jamal Murray didn't get tired at all. No, I agree. I think fatigue was a big, big, big issue. I mean, they were scrambling because the Joker made them really scramble and they moved the ball and the Clippers didn't. When you move the ball and the team has to scramble, 
you are running an extra mile per game probably. And I think they were really dead tired. Bobby, let me ask you this question. I think it's important as we have in this conversation and we keep going. You're right about Doc, right? Part of it, even Jeff Van Gundy on television was like, now they're sending another double team on him and he's just going to pass the ball out. Like he was just, they were just doing that all game. Doc didn't adjust, but you're, you're defending Kawhi here. For me, what was shocking is it seemed like they did sort of roll over towards the end. The, the Clippers just looked shook towards the end. As you sort of step back from it as a Clipper fan, like in terms of like the blame pie here, who, what are you assigning blame here to? Like what went wrong? Something went wrong. Like what went wrong here? Yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, just- I, think, I, th- I think Kawhi is just a bad GM. Yeah. Yeah. Like him, him thinking that Paul George is going to be Wait, the one. Guys, we we are all in agreement here. James Harden, they would have they would have beat the Nuggets if you switched Kawhi and Harden. He would not have choked <laughs> like this. I'm not joking. Like, That's there's tough. no way Harden would have lost with these guys. <laughs> oh man, Kawhi did not show up at any of these games. Like, maybe in some of the first games, but he was awful well, in Game Five, uh, Game Six. Yeah, yeah. So Ka- Kawhi in the first half versus the second half is just two different things, right? So I have stats here. On the first half, Kawhi averaged 14 points. Second half, 10 points. First half or the whole series. 56% from the field. In the second half, 31% from the field. In, uh, from three-point range, in the first half, 47% from three. And in the second half, he's 27% from three. That's for, all, that's for the whole series. For the fourth quarter, he averaged five points, 5.2 points, 27.3% in the fourth from the field, 33% from uh, three in the fourth. So are you, are you saying that Harden is better? Wait, what defense do we think is better? The Nuggets defense or the Lakers defense? Like, Lakers. we think the Lakers defense is better, right? Lake, I, I'll tell yeah. Lakers. And so sorry, Harden, sorry out statistic, you, everything <laughs> against they, – they're not doubling Kawhi the same way they're doubling Harden. I didn't, I didn't see that. I was watching a little bit. Yeah. There's no way Harden would have let them lose like this. Like, they oh, – when Millsap started hitting those threes in the third quarter, it just felt inevitable that the Nuggets were going to just take over, and they did. And the Clippers, they act like they're all tough. They all got this swagger, like they've done something. Yeah. And, like, they haven't done anything. And I think a lot of individuals were really soaking in this, this victory of them losing because it's like, man, you're the Clippers. You all haven't done nothing, and you're acting like you're champions. And I think for Laker fans, it's extra sweet because everyone was thinking that the Lakers stood no chance, especially the way they start off the bubble. And to see how things flip so quickly and so fast, I think the Clippers, this is going to be a really tough – moment to get over and i don't think the clippers will ever get <laughs> they're never gonna get over this one this one's bad this is really really bad i can't think of a worse moment in clipper history yeah you know uh, can you, uh, and can this is else? this is a rocket fan talking about and, and 2015 is there and rock in uh it wasn't even that never, bad yeah, <laughs> yeah the, 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 this is josh smith and Corey brewer was not this bad <laughs> they were at least favored yeah before before going to, to the way we thought Kawhi and the clippers were going to go this year taylor just on your point you're a hardcore harden fan where, where has Harden, like, really willed his team through some sort of adversity in the playoffs? Well, last year against the Warriors, they went down 0-2. And he was great in game three and, and four. Like, I mean, and to actually five. win the series, though, to not let them lose. Win the series? Yeah, to not let them lose. Against, I mean, like, a it, juggernaut. It would have to be, like, those series, that first series with the Thunder when he was doing those things. So, as the man, like... Yeah, because, like, I mean, if you're saying, the way like, it is, is he's dominant and they win. Or yeah. like, cause he doesn't, one thing that's good about Harden is they don't really lose series. They're not supposed to lose. Um, and then when he comes up against, you know, the, the Warriors or even LeBron, I mean, the last three years where Harden's really peaked, it's been, Hey, you know, it's up there, but I, he was actually pretty good in that game seven that they lost a couple years back. He just didn't get any calls. I know you guys make fun of me all the time, 
just go look at Scott Foster, how many times he gets fouled by Jordan Bell, and they don't call it. Like, they took away, like, 10 to 15 points. And, like, he was good in that game. And, obviously, they didn't close out game six. Taylor hates only a few people. One of those is Scott Foster. Let's answer Taylor's question real quick. Bobby, would you say um, Harden would have done better than Kawhi if you switched them? Clippers would have won. No. No. (laughs) They would have had finally a point guard. Somebody bring the ball up. Paul George wouldn't have to do anything. Look at Paul George last year with Russell Westbrook. Paul George wouldn't have done anything anyways. He was an MVP candidate (laughs) with with Russell Westbrook. Look at what happened. Look at what really happened. I mean, the Joker's hitting fadeaway one-legged three-point shots. I mean, (laughs) there's some things when the ball falls and you just – a team is just so hot in the zone. What Murray was doing, those shots he was making, I mean, I just thought, you know – in one sense, yes, the choke, the the, the Clippers did choke, but um, but man, Denver, man, they they make crazy <laughs> shots, crazy but, shots. Crazy it's true. Shots. No, they hit yeah. big shots. But but they I want to say well. I I sort of agree with. I think Taylor. I think you you bring up a good point. One, I also think that what you said, like they don't lose to underdogs. I think when when the when the Rockets do lose and the and the flack on Harden is him not being able to do uh get past that hump, but it is always against a superior team. So I do agree with you. But but I think you're also coming from a place where you're asking, like, why aren't people being as hard on Kawhi as yeah, they are on Harden, he never, right? He never has been the man like this. Like, he ne- he's, he's never been the guy, like, that has to do things. He's no, always but, been a part of a group. I think that's key, team. Bobby, what yeah. you just said. You just said he won two championships. But I think that's why Kawhi should have a, like, a higher expectation where, you know, Harden hasn't won a title. Harden hasn't been in the conversation of who's the greatest player in the NBA right now like in the way LeBron has or Giannis or like okay. Bobby, like when you're watching the, when we were watching the Clippers and the Rockets, do you think Kawhi is a better player than James Harden? Like when you're watching, like if you were to take these two series and watch him, like, did you think Kawhi was like way better than Harden? Cause Harden, except for that game five or game four, he was fantastic against the Lakers and the supporting cast is what let him Harden down. Similar to the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, Harden as a score is like no peer, but I mean, the overall game on both sides of the floor. I mean, yeah, Kawhi is better. Yeah. Do you think who do you think's a better defender on AD, Kawhi or um, Harden? Because Harden <laughs> he he locked him up a little bit, right? He's 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 doing pretty good deep. No, it's good. I know what you mean. Look, Kawhi has been better than Harden with the, some of those championships, but I think sometimes individuals think like Kawhi is so much better than Harden, and he's really statistically in the playoffs, he's really not. And like I think Harden takes a lot of heat, and Kawhi he just gets the coast like, like he's untouchable. And I think you saw it a lot today. Everyone's blaming Doc. They're blaming the Clippers culture, the bench. They got the sixth man, the seventh man. But like Kawhi, he kind of like walks scot free. But so in in your mind, Taylor, yeah, is Taylor, Kawhi Taylor, the biggest? You make me want to defend Kawhi right now. Taylor, like bring out. Taylor, this is as good as time as like twenty four points. I, I don't want to like, defend Kawhi today. Uh, <laughs> defending Kawhi. Taylor. He was Taylor. awful. He load manages. Look, he load manages look, all year. Taylor's going tired. all out, wanting to say the things he hasn't been able to say on this spot right now. Two reasons why Harden gets more criticism. One is to Bobby's point that Kawhi is a champion. So there's something where you just have to respect that to Agreed. some degree. Secondly, though, James Harden plays out of his mind in the regular season. Like, like his stats, like the way he scores, it's like all-time great. You know, so like th- there's just mad respect there. But then to get that and then go to the playoffs where there's a drop-off, that's, that's where the criticism comes from. Well, I think- and I'll tell you one more thing about Kawhi is that last year's playoffs, his, if you just take his playoff, all, all four series, and you just take his stats from the 2019 playoffs, I mean, that was all-time historic great. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I think it's not necessarily that Harden's statistics like drop so much. It's that he doesn't elevate his game like like some of the greats do, right? 
like yeah. the LeBrons, like all those things. And because he hasn't done that, he gets criticism and it's warranted. And well, I'm not trying to say like he's way better than like Kawhi and all that stuff. I'm just saying they're not like in this different threshold where Kawhi is way better. Yeah. I think it's a lot, they're a lot more closer. And even last year, they've done the side-by-side stats. Harden was statistically way better against the Warriors than Kawhi was. And that was with KD, with, with a healthy clay. And I think sometimes yeah. it's more like with Harden, it's more what we think because the results are not good more so than how he's playing. And I think for Harden, he just needs that cast. And just like the Clippers need that cast. But if they switched and they put Kawhi on the Rockets with, with Russ, maybe that's a better team. And if you put Harden on the Clippers, maybe that's a better team. Maybe they should trade for each other. And uh, we can speak about that. just trying to get Westbrook hey. out of Houston. No, no, he's no, trying to, no, he's no, trying no, to get Harden out of Houston. Harden yeah. out of Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. get Kawhi and Russ maybe, running maybe, together. That'd be good. Maybe Taylor really likes Kawhi. That's why. I heard, look, there, there are rumors they're going to blow up the Clippers. I mean, Bob, we don't want them to blow them up, right? You want them to bring back that core, right? No, I, I, I agree with Jose. I mean, Kawhi's not a great GM, but you can't blow this thing up. I mean, Last year, Toronto, they had a floor leader, Lowry. They simply had no floor leader. That gets exposed. In this level of the playoffs, if you don't have someone running your team, getting them in position, you're going to have trouble. They have assets to trade if they want that. I mean, they're going to have some to give some stuff up, right? If you're going to trade a Lou Will and a Pat Beverly, you're going to lose that offense and the defense. It's those two guys. But to, to get a better like, all-around point guard might be a good thing to do. Is there, is there anybody you want in free agency, Bobby? Anyone that you would think like you'd want the team to get? Mm, I can't think of anybody right it, now. Bobby, I, just again to, to the question that I asked earlier. So for you, is it was it just coaching? Was it a bad matchup that sort of led to this? Because a lot of the Clippers after, they were talking about they weren't in rhythm. They weren't gelling. They didn't have the chemistry. And the, Danny, they were up 10 in every game. I mean, like, it's not like they weren't better, the better team. No, no, no. It's like they couldn't figure it out. It's just right. like they're but, but I'm, I'm asking, weak. I'm asking him from his oh, like perspective, what, what are the reasons for what happened? I would say two things. I said it. I, I really, I mean, I really think conditioning was a big deal. I think Doc couldn't play. When mm. you can't play Patrick Beverly on defense the way you want to, and when you can't switch the way they switch, then teams start scoring, and defense leads to easy offense. And so, I mean, if, if, if that makes a six-point swing, that, that you feel pressure at the end of a game. And then all of a sudden, they haven't played together. And so they start to panic a little bit. They panic. And I don't think Doc settled them well, but I think they panicked. The games, like we said, were, you know, the Clippers were in those games, leading those last three games at some point. And when fatigue kicked in and they didn't get easy transition buckets out of their defense, and then the shots started coming short because their legs were dead, I, I just thought they panicked and they didn't have uh, – and, and, and whatever Kawhi is, he is not a vocal leader. They didn't have anybody, the alpha male guy, to kind of pull them together and get them to push through it. So I don't know if it's just Doc's fault. I think the chemistry of the team that got exposed, I think they weren't big enough defensively to deal with the Joker, and that made them scramble too much on defense. I think that it was just a perfect recipe where every of the week, all their weaknesses got exposed. Can I comment on Doc not being vocal enough for a second, give him some of the blame here? So <laughs> I, I think that Doc – so 2008 is his only championship, right? But I think there's some secret sauce there that people don't realize. One is KG's vocal leadership and toughness that he had. And Paul Pierce was pretty tough too, but KG. But I actually think Tom Thibodeau for Doc in 2008 was the difference between 2008 and 2010 when they played the Lakers. And, um, you know, Tibbs is a defensive genius and strategist. 
And the way that Doc, so I think two knocks on Doc. One is he's not really that good of, of I mean, he's not as good of a defensive coach as Tibbs. And I think that showed in this series. If Tibbs was the defensive specialist on the Clippers, I think they would have had a better strategy, at least trying different strategies to, to um, put on Joker than what they did. And then secondly, I think Doc, is, he's not really that, I mean, his motivational speaking, like you said, in that moment when they're, when they're not mentally tough, I don't think he transfers it well. I don't know if you guys seen his uh, speech to the, to the Clippers, I mean the Clippers, to the, to the Celtics in 2010, right before their, uh, their game seven against the Lakers. Talking <laughs> we about saw letting, the Phil Jackson speech. We saw that one. Yeah, ring, yeah, that, that one, one about the fourth quarter. But yeah, about letting their rings touch. He's like giving like this, this thing about when they retired like 20 years. I, I hear that and I'm just like, that is just not really inspirational for a game seven. Like even just the way that went out, like that is so weak. That's so whack. Anyway, so I don't, I don't think, I, don't, I think Doc Rivers in 2000, I think he's a good coach. I don't think he's a great coach. I think Tibbs and, and some of his other team, um, KG and Paul Pierce, really made him look a little bit better than he actually is. That's what I think on Doc. So, so you, Bobby, you talked about fatigue and fatigue um, affecting the Clippers. I think, I, I mean, with Denver too, I just think Denver handled it better. Maybe these guys are younger. Like, because these guys did play seven-game series prior, and they did have maybe like a quarter of their team have COVID, and they came in later later in the bubble as well. So they kind of dealt with the same things that the Clippers did. And maybe it's just like the fact that these guys are younger. Maybe they worked out harder in like yeah. in the pre-bubble. Like maybe they were just really working on their games. I mean, Jamal Murray looks like a totally different player. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he looks un- he Jokic, looks like right? one of the top like three guys in the NBA right now. But, but I think so, I think Bobby yeah. brought up a really good point. I want to ask you about this, Bobby. You talked about Kawhi not kind of being that vocal leader, and you even talked about Lowry. And I think there's something worth noting there because I think when when Kawhi was in San Antonio, there was already established culture. Even when he went to the Raptors, right? There was an established culture now that we're sort of seeing more as Kawhi had had left. And, and when Kawhi comes to the Clippers, you know, I think he was doing the load management coming from the hamstring in, in injury in San Antonio to Toronto and managing that. And I think it worked in in Toronto for that one year. And again, there was already a culture there. But him coming to the Clippers, kind of building this team. And when you remember last year's Clippers, man, they were like a lovable bunch. People like them. They were gritty, hardworking. They gave the, the Warriors a battle. And now you have Kawhi come in here where he's kind of making it optional to like practice, to go hard, to sit out games. And then you have kind of PG joining in him on that. Well, there's the other guys who were there last year who are really hardworking, really gritty. Yeah, and so this was, this was totally opposite of the billboards, by the way. Right. And, 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 <laughs> but like you have that combination coming together. And, and then what, what you said, it's like Kawhi, for some reason, even for you as a Clipper fan, you're like, Kawhi isn't that leader. But, but I think to me, it's like, whether you're not vocal or not, you're sort of establishing a culture as the superstar. And I think for me, that's where I, I think Kawhi should get some of the, the fault here of, of, of what's, what, what happened here. You know, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I, I totally agree. And I, I think Montrez even mid season, he vocally was pushing back on the load management thing. I mean, Kawhi's getting off spotlight. And uh, they were a gritty hard team last year without him. And all of a sudden, Kawhi's getting on the spotlight, but he's not putting the work in, at least for a culture like that. You, that's what Kobe didn't respect about Shaq. I mean, so you can't come in as the man and you're not a vocal leader and you don't earn that respect by your play and your effort. And certainly when he played, he, he was all in. But if you don't earn that leadership in that, in that locker room by your work ethic, then a team like this, you, you'll lose. And I, I thought even – I don't know if you all saw it on some of the pick and rolls with uh, Montrez and Lou Williams. Kawhi was in the mix 
and he he just pat he just he opted not to give the ball to Kawhi. He kept passing it to you know Lou Williams, and Lou wasn't making a bucket. Yeah, yeah, he's close. There's so many in and out. Like he got so unlucky. I felt you know <laughs> yesterday. But but I think you're right. I, I think you're right on yeah. that, Bobby. Even after the point in the post game, you you have Paul George saying like you know this wasn't a championship or bust season. And then you have Lou Williams who has the same question. And he's like, yeah, this was championship or bust. We we're going for a title. So even when, when they're not even on the same page. Is Paul George the player who's lost the most credibility in the league? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Every year. Yeah. I remember when I said he was better than Lillard. Remember that? Remember we had that debate? <laughs> okay, Taylor. It's, Taylor, you're you losing. You just got to get with the right guy. But look, this, I think this series validated the Chris Paul trade to the Rockets. I think you saw why the Rockets made the trade. Harrell, Beverly, Williams, they just weren't enough with Harden. He needed, like, another star. And I know the Rockets came close, but, like, watching this series, like, I never have any more doubts ever again that that wasn't a great trade for the Rockets. So I was happy to see him lose to give me that moment of, like, <laughs> you know, okay, we made the right move here. Just didn't work out the way we hoped. So, Bobby, it just seems for you, you're, you're, you want to run back the team you and just hopefully with a fresh new perspective <laughs> into the new year? Yeah, I just think they do have assets. I think they got to get a rim protector, somebody bigger. So you don't would you would you would you trade Kawhi to the Bucks for Chris Middleton? Like, would you try to like maybe get some guys who are more locked in, so Come you don't on. lose them in Kawhi free agency next year? Well, no, but you're gonna lose them. I'm just saying, like, would you want to like keep, get some stars in here and try to build a new culture? Uh, you're not letting go of Kawhi. It's more PG. Well, look, Kawhi could leave next year. Kawhi's got one more year. He could opt out. Here's one for both of you. Bobby, would you trade PG for Westbrook? <laughs> Not the way Westbrook played in the playoffs, no. Oh, that's a UCLA. Oh, God, you know, because Paul George played so much better. At least, at least Russ played with energy and passion. You know, Taylor, they're you, down twenty, and they're, you he's, they're still PG doubling Westbrook. Him. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I like Westbrook. I think he was hurt. I told you that a lot. I, he was banged up. <laughs> I think. I think. I think if he's healthy, Taylor, he was it. really hurt. He was. <laughs> he was hurt. Did you hey, watch him like hey. that Thursday night, like after the All-Star break when you had a healthy Russ and he was going for 37 and 7 every night? That Russ still hey, is there. Hey, Bobby, will you trade uh, Paul George for Draymond Green? Because you said, you said you needed a big man. I don't think you need a, a bigger man than Zubac. I think you need a versatile big man, someone who can, like, who could switch, who can, who can like, protect the rim, someone who's good on defense. Zubac wasn't that guy. I don't know. I think they have the management to really make good decisions. I mean, we have the logo, you know, making some of those calls and some of those calls. I think they're in good shape. Yeah, that's true. We have, nothing to, we, we have nothing bad to say about the logo. So, yeah. Danny, did you want to go into like? Should we go into the the Lakers Nuggets? Should we give our predictions? Yeah. Any any, any other or? any other closing thoughts here on on the Clippers Nuggets series? I just have one. And it's ouch. That really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those billboards were a waste of money. I can't think of a worse – like, save your Mama, money. Mama can burn money, man. It grows on cheap. <laughs> this is – this stuff. It was great. It, as, as someone who was not really, like, a huge, like, invest in the series, I was really happy to see the Clippers struggle like that. I think it really helps Harden's legacy. And so that was big for me on that. So I was happy. And then obviously we're all team Lakers right now. So, you know, let's get rid of the Clippers and, and see what the Lakers are going to do next. I got, wait, wait, I got two things that, to say. One is, one is a question for Bobby. Bobby, can you just take us back if you could right now? I know it's a hard day, but to how you felt, you know, when, when, when you said things like this tweet where you said, it's a good day to be an L.A. Clippers fan. This is July 6, 2019. You tweeted publicly. 
Okay, this it's is a good day to be a LA Clippers fan. Let me extend the warmest welcome to Paul George and Kawhi. Sorry, Laker fans, but there's a new king in town. <laughs> how do you how do you feel now, brother? How'd you feel then? How did you feel then? Hey, I'm I'm manned up. I think I responded to your tweet. What did I say? You said you're humble. Yeah, you're humble. But, but how did you feel then? Just take us back to the joy, because that brings us joy now. <laughs> hey, let me tell all my Laker fans, I'm not a Laker hater, but I think the Clippers, I think they bought the form. I think they own the form. Yeah. And they're about to build the best arena in the world. So I yeah. think the future is still bright. For yeah. how, many, how many banners are you going to hang up? <laughs> oh, come on, Danny. Hey, bro, that, that, doesn't, that doesn't hurt your housing value where you live. That's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Come on, yeah, you're, you're, from, you're from Inglewood, so you're good. Danny, don't be a stereotypical banner Laker fan, okay? Let's live in the moment here. We don't have to always you know, live our fandom in the past. It's, it's, a, it's tough. But Clippers, I think they're still in okay shape. They, I think if they bring that quarterback – if they can gel together, maybe a new coach, maybe a piece or two. Uh, maybe they'll come back motivated. I still think Paul George is a good player. Kawhi's a great player. The, they're not as they're not it's not as bad as it was. So I did hear uh, today that they're keeping yeah. Doc. I think they mentioned that today that they might be keeping Doc. I think Chris Haynes brought that up. Another thing that Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN on the jump, and he had supposedly inside source that they were gonna do some significant changes in the Clippers. I don't know if that's true. But we talked about them in the last pod. You know, there's a lot of teams who are looking to make changes because what you said earlier, Bobby, it's just a really competitive NBA where people's windows are small. So people are going to go all in. If it didn't work, they're going to make changes. So I'm but, really this is, but this is them going all in, right? I mean, their window hasn't closed, right? They don't have the assets. They got go. one more year. No, they, they got, got one more year. year. Yeah, if, if it's they're, bad, they're, Kawhi's out. He's yeah, gone. Their, window, their window isn't closed, but they don't necessarily have the assets. Like draft, They sold all their draft picks. So yeah. like, if they're, they're going to make changes, it's going to be – now, not right gonna now. be Kawhi. It's either gonna be Paul George or it's gonna be. It won't cast. be Paul George. No one's well, taking Ka- Paul Kawhi George. and Paul George could walk. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be their cast. It's gonna be guys like Mont. Well, Montrez is a free agent too, so it's gonna be guys like Lou, yeah. Patrick Beverly, Shamit, Zubach. These guys, these young guys, and maybe they can package them for like another. Montrez caused himself a whole lot of money. They yeah. traded for. They traded. I mean, they traded everything for this. So like, if they got, if they walk, if Paul George or Kawhi walks after trading all that, that's just. He's going to Milwaukee. You heard it here first. He's going to Milwaukee. He's he, can Kawhi and the, he, can, he can sign for the mid-level with the Lakers, you know. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's he, he Man, Kawhi, what a mistake, right? Not signing with the Lakers. I'm sure he has to or regret Paul George, that. too. Yeah. She's, well, Paul George, yeah. I mean, but maybe the Lakers <laughs> dodged a bullet on that one, to That's be honest. That's true. All right. Well, let, let's, let's leave Bobby alone. Let's, let's have him pick Denver in four here. Get a sweep against the <laughs> Lakers. Let's preview the Western Conference Finals. We have the number one Lakers versus the number three Nuggets. This series starts on Friday, September 18th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 Eastern. Lakers won the series 3-1. to one. Lakers won two in Denver, one in overtime. They lost one in Staples, but that was without LeBron. And they won another one in the bubble by three. These two teams have met in the Western Conference before. That was in 2009. I saw this really cool thing. That was back then when it was Carmelo versus Kobe. The 2009 Lakers, led by Kobe, beat the Rockets in the second round. Then they beat the Nuggets in the conference finals. And then Kobe won his fourth ring in Orlando. These Lakers, led by LeBron, beat beat the Rockets in the second round, are facing the Nuggets. And it's the hope of LeBron winning his fourth ring as well in Orlando. (laughs) So it's just a really cool thing to see that, that, how that's kind of lining up for us. What do you all make of this series, Nuggets, Lakers? As great as Jokic has been, as great as he's been, as like maybe even being the best player in that Nuggets Clippers series, 
I think the Lakers have the two best players in this series with LeBron and AD. So uh, I think that's going to be tough for the Nuggets to handle. And the thing that I'm interested in seeing is that the Lakers unlock their so-called small lineup, which is they're big. They're still big. I do think, though, at times they're going to have to play a little bigger in this series. I was thinking whether they'd go back to like starting JaVale in this series. I don't think it's wise to have AD guard Jokic primarily all the time. So maybe some spot minutes for Howard and McGee. However, the stats, the stats do favor Anthony Davis going small. So Davis, Davis on the court with JaVale, it's 52 minutes. Nuggets outscored the Lakers by 18. Davis on the court with Dwight Howard in their games, 42 minutes, net zero. Davis on the court with neither of them, 56 minutes. Lakers outscored the Nuggets by 34. So I'm curious to see if Lakers will, will go small, if they're going to implement their traps that they did against Harden. I actually, You know how we talked about them doubling Jokic, right, and how that wasn't a great plan? If they are going to double like we saw in the Houston series, I think that double is going to be on Jamal Murray before the pass to Jokic, right? So get, get, having him uh, try to see over the double team and try to make a decision and having like, not Jokic's man being that, the guy that doubles, but another defender. But, I mean, they have guys that are okay matchups against LeBron and AD, but I think, those, I think LeBron and AD match up really, really well. They should dominate that matchup with Jokic and Millsap and um, Jeremy Grant. So we'll see if we, we, we've stopped Dave Mullard and CJ McCollum. We've stopped uh, James Harden and Russ. So we'll see if we can stop Jamal Murray in this one. Do you think this is the best defensive front court that the Lakers have faced? We would have to agree that, you know, if they throw in Plumlee or Millsap, these guys are better than, you know, Tucker and the Rockets and also what the – what the Blazers could throw with Nurkic and Whiteside, right? Or do we feel like it's similar to the Blazers with some of their bigs and not really having good enough wings or the guard? It's tough to it's tough to because we we said in before the Houston series that this Houston series is this Houston defense was really good and that yeah. having guys like Covington and Tucker, even though they're small, actually could have some problems for AD and LeBron, but they didn't. So like, I don't know if guys like we know that Jokic is bad in that pick and roll, you know. So like. We'll see if Millsap and Jeremy Grant are better, but maybe it's a yeah. little bit better than those guys, but not like a significant difference. Yeah, I was going to say they're bigger and longer. With, with Millsap, Jeremy Grant, Michael Porter Jr. kind of being there at the wings, I, I think that that can offer at least try to to stop LeBron. I think that's where, even if you cancel out Jokic and AD, I think the two things that both teams are, are it's going to be hard to stop on, on the Lakers side, like how do you stop Jamal Murray, right? Like that's what we need to do. And on the other side is how do they stop LeBron? <laughs> I think those are the two kind of areas where their concerns are. I think for me, what we did to Harden, who is the best regular season scorer, I think we can do it to Jamal. I think it, it's going to be harder for them to stop LeBron than it is for us to stop Jamal Murray. I think my biggest and most glaring problem for the Lakers is the three-point shot. We're super streaky. We're super inconsistent with our three-point shooting. I mean, Taylor, you were there for the... the oh, are they? I don't think they missed any shots in yeah, game four, game, five, or three. Yeah. yeah, there's games where they they don't miss. Like, you have all yeah, of but, them but we, but we don't, But we don't settle either, though. Like, if we're missing, we're going to the rack. Like, that, that's just my, my thing. And this isn't a good... Uh, well, look, when the Lakers look bad, like, they look really bad, like, with <laughs> yeah. the Lakers. Like, yeah, there's no, I, like, oh, they, they struggle. Like, I think the Lakers, for them to be comfortable in this series, just the guys like Rondo... Kuzma, Green, if those guys just play like they did against the Rockets, I mean, there's no one who can beat the Lakers. 
because you know you're going to get good output from AD and LeBron. Mm-hmm. And when the cast is just unstoppable or, you know, Morris is hitting a few threes or they're just – there's someone is just shooting or playing above average, which yeah. you would expect to happen here because I don't, I don't think the Nuggets defensively are better than what they're going to see with the Rockets, especially the Rockets guards and some of the things they can help to create turnovers. I, I, I think it's, it's just more they got to hit shots and keep doing those things. Yeah, because offen- Denver was shooting really good at the three-point clip. You know, it's not like they were shooting bad against the Clippers. They were shooting it really well. So I think we have to match that. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, the Nuggets have just what, been playing you, really what, well. What do you guys right? think, PJ and Bobby? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, if LeBron, Le, LeBron won't get MVP, but he should get general manager of the year because uh, playoff Rondo is amazing. I, I think if Rondo <laughs> plays like that, I, I just think the Lakers are unbeatable. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll see. The Lakers versus Rockets, I think them doubling doubling Murray the way they doubled Harden is a little bit different because Joker is different. Like Harden didn't have a Joker somewhere in the middle. So that, that's different. I, I do think, though, that the Lakers have what the Clippers don't is I think Dwight and JaVale move pretty well even outside, like in the perimeter, a little bit. I mean, they're, like, Jokic is not super fast, so it's not like he's going to out, out, you know, run around them. So I think they could hang with him in terms of speed. So you don't need a double. And then, of course, AD can handle can handle uh, Joker as well. So I think defensively, we don't need a we, we're not going to double Joker. So I think we still could focus on Jamal. So yeah, I, I do think I think the Nuggets will be harder than the Rockets for sure. I think the Rockets system is a little bit more predictable as well. So um, I, I like the Lakers. If I are we doing our picks right now? And how many games? Well, I just want to add one more thing. I, I think I actually think they have to go small. I think Davis has to play center. Um, why? Why? He will play center, but he can't guard Jokic. Like if Jokic is gonna play forty minutes. Well, let me let me let me read why. Forty minutes on him though. Well, the the yeah, okay, Lakers outscored the Nuggets by twenty eight point three points per hundred possessions when AD was at center against the Nuggets, and the biggest difference was actually on defense. The Lakers just allowed only ninety seven points per hundred possessions when Davis was playing center against Jokic and against Jokic at center. The Lakers were a plus 22, and the Nuggets just scored 60 points on 66 possessions. And in addition to that, that actually helps the pace. So when you have AD, that's the fastest when Lakers are at their best pace, and Denver is the second slowest at pace no, other than Utah. But you got to play guys' minutes. I mean, you can't no, just play I, I, Anthony Davis I, I, 48 yeah. minutes at the center, right? I get you, I get you Danny. I, I'm saying that, right? I, I get that that's their best lineup. But say, right. but say he gets two fouls on Jokic in, in the first quarter. Are you going to keep him on there? Like, no, you can you're going to have to go you're trying to protect AD because as much as he is uh, an asset on defense you want to protect him on offense as as well not have to guard this guy so Jose it sounds like you're saying that AD should not be the primary defender Danny it sounds like you're saying that AD should be the primary no, leader. he no, should no. be the primary defender no, on I'm saying I'm saying Jose, you need Jose, to do you agree with that yes, do you agree with that you need to give him only 30 only but you're saying 30. that AD should be the one who guards Jokic the most is that what you're saying Jose that's what Danny's saying. 25 no, to 30 on. minutes. No way. You want to keep AD fresh to, to do no. things offensively. I agree. That's, that's why you have JaVale. That's why you have Dwight Howard. These are, good, these are pretty no good defenders. Why would you put JaVale on him and let him do what he was doing with Zubac? Like, why? No, Dwight has AD. The Lakers are versatile, Danny. You want to see, like, you, they yeah, can we go have against small. <laughs> but you can't play in 48 minutes. Wait, hold on. We don't need AD to go all off on offense right now. I agree with Danny. I think primarily, when you say primary, that could be like 20, 25 minutes, but if he takes the lion's share of the defense, maybe over 50%. So let's just say 55% of the time on, on Joker, and then you give the other 45 to the other guys. I no, think I get that. Good. No, I think that's great. I think that's what needs to happen, though. So primary, yeah. 
So that's Danny, what you're saying, Danny. You're not saying. Yeah. Whole- Danny, who starts at center? Danny, who starts at center? Is it Markeith Morris or is it uh, or is it Javale McGee? Who do you start? I, like you can start Javale. I just don't think for me, you're okay it, with Javale getting start. I don't think it matters against. who it starts. I just think AD needs to be the primary like defender of Jokic. Like he, we have the speed. He, he has like. He can keep up with him. Why would you have him out there looking like what Montrezl Harrell? Because he Harrell can rotate. He can guard the rim. Well, he's not Montrezl yeah, Harrell. Like on the backside, he's going to recover no, I'm well. Saying, yeah. Why like, would you put McGee and Howard in those positions? Like you put Zubac and Harrell. Like, because you're not, you can't play. You can't play him forty-eight. <laughs> no one is saying forty. You guys keep saying forty-eight. I'm saying he has to be the primary defender. No, like, what does that mean, uh, Danny? You're being really vague. That. Yeah. What does that mean, he, primary he, defender? You're just saying like you're not being specific at all. okay. Twenty minutes. Ten minutes. Like is, okay, should anyone else defend minutes. Jokic? What's he's the pilot the most minutes like? on Jokic, on D. Okay, he might. I mean, it's gonna be pick and roll all day. The, the no, but I'm saying a lot more pick I'm and saying roll. that is the key for the Lakers to win. He has to play the most minutes on Jokic. That's not that even the key. It's, Danny, it's not so even you, the key. It's like it's a good thing, Danny. Key, so like, you think the best defender in the, the NBA guarding Jokic is a good thing? That's what you're saying. What's that? You think the best defender in the NBA guarding Jokic is a good thing? Like that's what you would say. No, because yeah, because we all agree. I mean, like, I don't think anyone's like like disagreeing with that. Well, you AD guys are disagreeing with AD guarding Jokic, and you guys no, are wondering why we're not putting more McGee and Howard on him. No, I think they should. I think we should see a lot more McGee and Howard in this series than we did last series. Well, yeah, because they'd be yeah. no, no, no one's no one's saying that. You happen, are, Danny. Yeah. You're saying that they shouldn't put him in. That the AD lineup at center is the best. You just gave it, some I, statistics, I am saying Danny. That. I'm saying that the AD lineup at center is the best. Because then why are you also saying they should play? What's your point then? You're the one that's trying to disagree with us, Danny, and then you're also agreeing with us. I don't know no. what you mean. <laughs> it's fine. Let's Danny, you just said Anthony Davis should play the center, <laughs> and then you gave us all the statistics, and now you're saying it's okay for them to play the centers. I think we're asking, like, do the Lakers go back to where they played a little bit more bigs, like against the Blazers and other series, or do they stay small like they did against the Rockets where they had a lot of success? Do you oh. feel like they should go more big? In this that's series? a different question. That wasn't even when I was. Saying. No, but that's what you're implying. Like no one. I mean, like if 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 Javale's in there and he guards Millsap, I think it's that, not a big no, deal. Well, they, they the only switch. thing I'm saying is the best matchup in terms of guarding Jokic is AD on Jokic. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, okay. We could have saved 20 minutes. Just you know, I think maybe we misunderstood <laughs> what you were saying, Danny, because you were making it seem like you were implying. That JaVale and I mean, are they going to play the power forward? I mean, are we just, is it semantics even, at this even, point? Even if we, even if we had him at center, which even the, if, if we didn't have McGee out there, I think the, the thing, I still, I would still stick with that. I think we pay a faster pace with AD at center. And they're the second slowest I think, team. I think Howard I, and McGee are yeah. pretty good, good enough to I think you have to be wary of foul trouble with AD, not wanting to get, get fouls. But. And he doesn't like playing center, Danny. I think, every, I think it's pretty well known. He likes having that big in with him to keep him like from having to get banged up. Because, you know, he's he's not, like, the toughest in terms of – he gets injuries, like, every game. He's always back. But anyway, okay, I think I think we're all in agreement. Anthony Davis is the best defender in the series, um, maybe with LeBron if he keeps playing the way he is. And so if they can stop that pick and roll, I mean, the Nuggets have no chance, right, we would say? I don't know. Pick. Let's see. What's your predictions? Bobby, let's go with you first. Uh, Denver and four. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, Danny, would you want to go up 3-1? Like, if you're a Lakers and you went up 3-1, would you feel uncomfortable or would you feel like you're in good shape? So you wouldn't be worried about the fact that they've come back in the last two series down 3-1? We got LeBron, man. We got LeBron. I'm not not comfortable. Down 3. So you're okay going up 3-1. If if we said you go up 3-1 today, you would say yes? Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 
Because I, I think four zero would be safer. But yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so Bobby, so Bobby, you think the Lakers or you think the Nuggets? Lakers and six. Lakers and six. I think it's a good matchup for the Lakers because they can defend the Joker. Yep, we got the resources. Yeah. No, I think the Lakers. I think they've really found their stride against the Rockets. I think they showed they can go big and go small, and I think they're continuing to build that continuity. They feel the Lakers feel inevitable at this point. I mean, they looked really, really good in that game four and five. I can't. I mean, I know I said the Clippers in five, and I thought I was going to be right. They were up sixteen, right? And yeah. then they, they let me down here, and then I looked like a fool missing all these. But I think the Lakers, and I'd be actually surprised if it went more than five. I just think, like, the Lakers in five is just they're going to lose game one and then win four in a row, just like they've been doing all series. Something like that. Or maybe they'll lose game three or four. But the Lakers, man, they're impressive. And I don't think any of the, the teams, they're, they're in trouble with the versatility, big and small. Um, the only way they could lose, I think, is if the supporting cast just falls apart. And I just don't see that happening. There's just too many, too many guys who have been there before who have that like playoff experience. And LeBron, I don't think he's going to let them lose. So feels inevitable. Lakers in five. Yeah, LeBron is not Kawhi. And so um, I just need to say that at, at, from the jumps. So I, I would say, if I'm thinking with my head, I would say Lakers are going to win games, games one. They, they'll lose game two or game three and then win the rest. So I think it, I think it would be in five, but – because I think one of the sweet things about the Clippers losing is their pride and how much they talk. I'm going to say Lakers in six just because I want to be a little bit hum- more humble. <laughs> but really in my head, I really think it's going to be in five, but I'm going to say Lakers in six officially. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Lakers in five. I think the Lakers are in good form right now. I think everything's clicking. And I think the Nuggets, you know, the, the magic kind of stops here. I think it's been impressive what they've been able to do, but... I think uh, there's just something about LeBron and here playoff LeBron is going to come through. And I think it's going to be Lakers, Lakers in five. Bobby, you wouldn't be happy if the Lakers lost. Like they've been talking a lot of smack today. Really like, would you revel in like the moment if the Nuggets won in seven? Like, would that just I, be like your moment? I would. I'm that re- just glad that we're recording this too, because I would play it over and over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you want the Lakers, but if they lost, I don't think you'd be a little bit like, yeah. All right, here we go. Let's let's get the tweets ready. You know, let's get those ready to go. <laughs> if the Nuggets win, I would I would think, and if if Le, if LeBron doesn't play well, just how he normally does, even when he loses, if he plays like subpar, I think there could still be a debate of who's the king in LA. Hmm. If the Nuggets beat if yeah, the Nuggets yeah, beat the yeah. Lakers just like they did the Clippers, I think there could still be a debate. One of the greatest underdog stories ever. The no king would be Jokic. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> in <laughs> LA. <laughs> Jose, who you got? You think so, four, five, six, seven? Thankfully, the Lakers are great in three-one situations in the playoffs this year. They've gone, they've won closeout games against Portland and against Houston. I think the Lakers in five in this one. I was hesitant. I went Lakers in six in Houston, but I think they're just clicking. And I mean, we talked about greatness of LeBron. How it's his matchup. I mean, I think LeBron will just dominate any matchup. But I think the biggest mismatch in the rest of the playoffs going forward is who's guarding AD. Rest of the playoffs going forward, well, who, who he's going to see in the finals. I think AD is just a big mismatch. And the, I think the only way Denver has a chance is their bench. Because comparably to the Lakers, they have a decent bench. So we'll see. But Lakers are five for me. I think that defense is really good. And the offense, I think the Lakers pick and roll is a lot better than Clippers pick and roll. And that's where Denver's not great at if they're having Jokic and high pick and rolls. So. And I think we have what the Clippers didn't have, and that's the team chemistry. So I think we're covered. 
with that. <laughs> Look, Nugget's playing good, though. Jamal Murray, man, he's been so good. So I think it should be fun. I was I think, telling PJ, though, yeah. I think Jamal's talking too much. I think he's falling trapped to it. No, come on. They feel he so was, dis- he, he was talking a lot today. He's like, now he's they need to fear himself. us. Now they need to fear us. <laughs> can't be saying things like that out in public. It's getting to like them. Yeah. Well, hey, Kawhi joins, like, what? KD, Steph, Clay, Russ, all these guys lose in 3-1 series. So he just joined the club uh, yesterday. So uh, LeBron, I don't think he's ever lost a 3-1, right? Yeah. No. Oh, LeBron's a good closer. Harden's yeah. never lost a 3-1 either. I think he's either. undefeated so, in 3-1. So it goes LeBron's the best in the NBA. Harden's two. AD <laughs> three. And then four. That's we don't even know he's four. Tatum's we, four probably right now. That's sort of a rat. Uh, should, be, should be fun. Uh, I don't know. I think I'm rooting for the Lakers, though. I know I would probably enjoy like the Lakers losing, but I kind of part of me thinks – this year, there's a lot of special magic and things like that, and they they really took over last series. So um, we'll be rooting for them. Hopefully, they look good. Oh, this is fun. All right. The Thank Lakers you, Bobby. Thank you, PJ, for coming the on. Lakers Appreciate it. LAR way. <laughs> it was fun for coming on. Thanks for letting me. Hey, um, technically, they did do it their way. Clipper way. It was just yeah, they they, they, the Clipper they way. clipped the they totally clippered the fi- the playoffs here. You guys Clipper's not, gonna clip. You're not gonna let this go, huh? All right. Thank you. <laughs> thank, yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing me on to to poke Bobby. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for joining us again, and we will see you next time. <laughs>